Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast. It's a Tuesday edition episode. It's been a minute since we got an episode on Tuesday, but had to come on and just fill in for the craziness, uh, disgustingness of the college football committee that happened this weekend. Bowl season is officially underway. We got our top four teams in the college football playoff and just surprise, shock, and disgust from the college football world, especially Florida State fans. The conference championship weekend came to an end. Top four, we got Michigan, followed by Washington, Texas, and not an undefeated Power 5 team, a conference champion Florida State, but a one-loss Alabama team. So uh, a little crazy scenario that happened. Going to be breaking that down, plus some of the conference championship games and then some college football bowl games uh, just a little bit of action looking forward ahead but we'll break all those games down once they get a little closer and also the transfer portal wide open we saw a, a flux of names just go into the transfer portal this monday and i mean expect many more coming in the next few days some high profile names high profile quarterbacks entering in going to get that bag and look for greener grass uh, before we get started, make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere. You get your podcast at Burgers and Brats, and check out the latest on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Burgers and Brats. And check out the podcast website, burgersbratspodcast.com. All right. Well, I just want to say how disgusting, lazy, and just ineffective this college football com- committee was this year. Leaving out Florida State, who was on their third-string quarterback, still got a win over a top-15 team, a top-six offense, held them to single digits, got double, got a double-digit win in the pouring in a downpour in Charlotte. And I mean, this team in this game had more yards total of offense than Michigan did against Iowa. So, I mean, this Florida State team on their third string quarterback, a team that was, I mean, not even favored anymore, uh, down to it. But Brock Glenn, I mean, (laughs) 55 passing yards. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, this team is just built different, allowing six points to Louisville, who is a great team. Uh, Not a great team, but, I mean, a good team finished. They were 10-2 before this game with a win over Notre Dame and ranked Duke. So, this Louisville team is good. They're really good on offense. And this Florida State team shut them down. I mean, that defense was on the field for forever. And to, I mean, only give up 188 yards on 70 plays, that's 2.7 yards per play. It's pretty good. Um, it, it was just disgusting how this committee just did no homework. It felt like they didn't watch games all season. I mean, we had weeks where the the committee didn't even drop, move anyone inside the top 25, drop them out of the top 25. It's just overall laziness from what I saw from these rankings. I mean, they would maybe drop a team one spot or two spots after a loss. I mean, it, it's a brand game. This It was dollar signs, dollar signs, especially for this playoff where you put – an Alabama team, and I mean, they're they're twelve and one. Yeah, they beat Georgia. It's a great win. I mean, it, it's it's a great team win. But it, this team 
beat Arkansas by three points. They beat Texas A&M by six points. They beat South Florida by 14 points. They lost at home to Texas. They got an okay winning. They got a good win against LSU. Uh, Jane Daniels went out for a little bit on that one. And then they have a fourth and goal from the 31 to beat Auburn. I mean, any other competent coach or team would not have given up a fourth and 31 with the game on the line to lose. So uh, this Alabama team, we I knew they were not going to leave an SEC team out. Uh, everyone's like, oh, the SEC is not getting in. Guys, the SEC will get in no matter what. The conference was down. I mean, the Pac-12 was the best conference this year, in my opinion. And then I, I think you could say, you could probably say the SEC and maybe the Big 12, just kind of those top teams. Uh, I mean, the, overall, the top two teams, you would say the Big 10, obviously, with Michigan, Ohio State. Those are, I, I would pick Michigan and Ohio State over, um, I mean, a bunch of teams. But uh, overall, I mean, the SEC... At least second best, maybe third best, you could argue, in in the country this year. So I'm, I'm tired of them getting all this love that over the last few years they haven't really deserved. I mean, this Florida State team went in, uh, went neutral site, and beat LSU by a bigger margin than Alabama did. And Alabama played them at home. So this Florida State had a great team. It, it was just kind of heartbreaking to see Jordan Travis saying he wished he broke his leg earlier in the year so this team could have showed him, showed the committee that they could win without him. And this team with Roadmaker could have won, I believe, a playoff game. Uh, that defense is that good. That offense looked pretty good. They went on the road in the swamp at night and got a win. That's a hard thing to do. I know Florida's not that great. hasn't been that good in a couple years, but... Uh, to go into your rival at night, get a win with your backup quarterback, who, uh, yeah, he's been around for a while, but that was only his second game he played. Uh, first full game that he played. So uh, Florida State, a Power 5 champion with a double-digit win over a top 15 team. It, it's just kind of disgusting. And uh, Mike Norvell, I mean, great coach. I, I think he started 3-6, and six and they went 5-something, and something and then... 10-2 and two last year, and then uh, now undefeated this year. I mean, he said he was disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision uh, that was earned on the field, taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the game. And, I mean, what is the point of playing games? What's the point of playing uh, great teams, and especially in the non-con? I mean, we saw it with Liberty. Getting into a power and getting into New Year's Six Bowl over SMU, who only had losses to Oklahoma and TCU, and they go on and beat a Tulane team that was 11-1, 6-1 at home all year. And to put Penn State above Oklahoma into a New Year's Six Bowl game, it, it's just disgusting and infuriating for, I mean, a bunch of fans this year for what we've seen. Uh, I, I really don't understand the Penn State being, being so ranked so high because the ranked of quality losses, this committee... Ranked you based on losses, not wins, in my opinion. Where Oklahoma had a win against the number three team in the country, beat the AAC champion as well, and had five quad one wins. Oklahoma had five quad one wins compared to Penn State's one. Penn State had one quad one win. 
OU two losses were by eight points total and on final drives. I mean, one was in Bedlam. Uh, you could argue the fishing was bad. Uh, offensive play calling wasn't bad. Uh, Penn State never led in any of their losses. Never. Not one single second. Ole Miss, in their two losses, outgained by 314 yards. Missouri, in their two losses, allowed 40 points a game. They allowed 40 points in both of their losses. It's just disgusting how this committee did not watch a single game game action, it felt like. It really didn't. But if you're going to place these teams... Well, Cincinnati gets in two years ago. Because, I mean, they deserved it. I Because you said they deserved it. But this year, we didn't rank them because we didn't think they were the best. I mean, because we didn't rank Florida. We didn't put Florida State in because we didn't think they could win. I mean, they deserved it. They deserved to go. We put TCU in last year, who wasn't a conference champion. Because they deserved it, apparently. Uh, were they the best four teams? I mean, they won a semifinal game, but they got trounced in the championship game. Cincinnati, the year they got put in. Notre Dame was 11-1, and and Ohio State was 10-2. and So, I mean, those teams, better teams than Cincinnati that got in. And it's just disgusting how the committee said that they based Florida State's performance with their third-string quarterback who wasn't even, wouldn't even play in the, in the semifinal game. It would be Roadmaker. He would get the start in the game. So it, it was just, it's just terrible to see. Just a travesty for the sport. I think. I mean, this is one of the only times I agree with Booger McFarland. It was. It was terrible to see that. And I mean, uh, like I said, with the top twelve, the Power Five that gets invited into the uh, New Year Six Bowl game. It, just no homework done. No watching games all year. It, rankings were just so inconsistent all year. I mean. The love for the SEC is incredible. It's insane. I'm glad OU's going to get that next year. I I hate it how the SEC is just treated way better than anyone else. I mean, you you wanted to think that the committee would say, no, we're not going to. The SEC, no, they they shouldn't get in. They had losses. Uh, They didn't win a conference championship. But in my opinion, if you're going to put the four best teams, it probably is. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, probably Texas, and I think Washington. But, I mean, why are you going to leave Georgia out? They lost one game out of the 29 games. I, I would pick Georgia over every single team in the top four. In the top, I mean, top 25, really. I would pick Georgia over them. I, yeah, I think Georgia should, is a top four team. They got left out. So, I mean, how are you going to leave out Florida State? Uh, it, it's just weird from a team that was number one, to drop all the way to number six in the rankings, and then a team that was number seven go all the way to number three, and a team that was number eight go all the way to number four. Like if you're gonna do that, just put them in those spots. You should have dropped Florida State the day Jordan Travis got injured. If you're gonna do that, you should have put Florida State down there at the bottom where you knew you were gonna rank them. And it, the committee, I'm I'm sick of the committee. Uh, when we go to twelve teams next year, it it won't be much. It won't be different. I mean. They're going to get the bad rankings. They're, they're going to leave a deserving team. Oklahoma would have got left out instead of Penn State. Really? I would put LSU. I mean, if you go look at the rankings right now, the teams I would put over 
uh, teams I would put over Penn State. I mean, let's look at this. Ole Miss, who's behind them. Oklahoma, who's behind them. LSU, who's behind them. Notre Dame, who's behind them. Probably Louisville, who's behind them. Uh, I could even put Oregon State or SMU, probably Tennessee, maybe an Arizona team. Uh, maybe even an Iowa could score points. Uh, those are teams I would put ahead of Penn State. It, it's ridiculous how we go off of quality losses. You got beat. You got beat bad. You had no wins. You had one quad, one win. And the, they need to start looking at wins. Uh, they really. It, this has been a thing for a while now. You got to look at your wins compared to your losses and where they are on the road, at home, uh, neutral site and everything. But... It, it was ridiculous. It, I'm disgusted and I'm sad for Florida State fans and Jordan Travis, Mike Norvell. I mean, uh, to get left out after going undefeated. Yeah, it's not a super tough conference, but you won your games. You won some tough battles. You beat an LSU team that's really good, still a top 15 team. And you, you didn't beat them, you pummeled them. So uh, the the committee needs to work on this. Maybe they'll get a whole new uh system and people coming in next year need more coaches and scouts and all that kind of stuff not people who don't really watch the games because it looked like they didn't watch games every single week uh comparatively to the rankings in my opinion i thought the rankings were just awful every single week and had you head scratching no matter what so uh teams just start scheduling weak opponents people don't schedule tough games anymore don't do it i mean especially with these 12 team playoff I mean, you don't need to put yourself in that position. Uh, schedule bad teams, and uh, you'll be fine. So, uh, otherwise, compared to the other conference championship games, I guys, I went six and zero with my spread picks this week. Six and zero. Come on, man. I'm that good. Six and zero. I hit every single spread. Uh, underdog, uh, favorite. I hit every single one. Starting with Washington, plus nine and a half. Really. We really thought Oregon was going to outscore them by that much. Washington, Michael Penix has a really good offense. Uh, what I say? I said this was going to be the most entertaining game. It was super entertaining, super fun Friday night in Las Vegas. Uh, Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies get it done. Uh, I, I did pick Oregon to win the game, but I, I knew it would be close. It was fun. It was fun watching that. I mean, the two... The two main Heisman guys, at least up to that point, uh, Jane Daniels starting to get in the mix, but Michael Penix, 27-39, 319 yards. Bo Nix, 21-34, 239 yards. So, I mean, Michael Penix balled out. He only had one touchdown, too, uh, with 319 yards. I mean, the big thing is Bo Nix was the leading rusher with 69 yards. Did have a long run kind of get to get it close there. And receiving, Oregon really didn't have that great of a – I mean, a lot of spread out balls, but – uh, no main guy. Washington, Jalen McMillan, 131 yards on nine receptions. Got a lot of uh, targets and a lot of, lot, of, lot of yards in that game. And then you had their leading rusher with Dylan Johnson. Two touchdowns on 28 attempts, 152 yards. So Washington really just dominated that game. Uh, scoreless in the third, but otherwise putting up double digits in each quarter. I was really impressed with Washington going 13-0. I, I really was. I, I thought Oregon was going to win that game by about a touchdown or so. But uh, Washington looks good, and I really think they have a chance at winning 
winning the championship. I, I really do. I think they can get back past Texas. Texas has a really good defense, but uh, Washington's defense has looked really solid uh, the past couple weeks. That's how they've been getting a lot of wins. Uh, defense has been stepping up and getting stops. So uh, I liked Washington's win. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was good. And then, I mean, start with the best overall game. I mean, domination by Alabama. 27-24 win, uh, number eight over number one. Bama ended Georgia's 29-game win streak. Shout out OU 47 straight, keeping that streak alive. Uh, Nick Saban now 2-1 versus Georgia in the last three years. So he's beat Georgia twice now in the last three years in the SEC championship game. They'll get to play again next year in the regular season, so that will be fun uh, to see. I mean, Bama really just came out. and I, I didn't think Bama... I thought Bama could win this game. I didn't think they would. I knew they were, it was going to be a super tight game. I knew uh, I had Bama plus the points, uh, five and a half. I knew it would be that close and everything. But, uh, I mean, slow start. Georgia up seven to three. And then Bama scored 14 in the second. And then each team three points in the third. Uh, Carson Beck, 21 to 29, 246 yards. But zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, really. I mean, got your yardage, but if you're not scoring touchdowns or anything, well, Jalen Milrow, I mean, 13 of 23, only threw the ball 23 times for 192 yards and two touchdowns. They got a lot going on the ground game. Uh, 114 yards, and then on 41 attempts, while Georgia only 78 yards on 31 attempts. Uh, it was all about the ground game, keeping that Georgia defense on the field. I mean, Georgia's got dogs everywhere. But get them, keep them on the field, they're going to get tired. Uh, Bama just looked like in complete control over this team. And, I mean, they were fourth and goal from the 31 from, I mean, not making the college football playoff. Auburn does that, Florida State's in to the playoff. But even with an Alabama win here, well, maybe they kept Georgia in. Who knows? It's, it's the committee. They could have kept an SEC team in. I don't think they're going to keep one out uh, no matter what. But it, just a great overall game by Alabama. I mean, never go against Nick Saban. Never do it. Uh, never go against the man. And now he's got a month to prepare for Michigan. If you're Michigan, you're like, my gosh, we should have just lost and been a four seed or a four seed. Then we play play Washington or something. But no, uh, they get to play Alabama. They were looking forward to playing Florida State, but uh, they're gonna go against a month long prepare for uh, Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Luckily, they got Jim Harbaugh with them. Uh, Michigan had a slow start versus Iowa. It really did not look good in that first half. Uh, had a long punt return that really set them up, but uh, only 10 points in the first quarter, zero in the second quarter. Did hold Iowa scoreless, but is it that hard to do? It was the Iowa team. Uh, Michigan only went 26-0. can't believe the over didn't hit 31. So I knew Michigan. I had Michigan minus 21.5. I knew that was a lock. Thought it'd be a little higher scoring game. Thought Iowa could score at least seven or ten points, but no, not even close. JJ McCarthy, twenty-two of thirty, one hundred forty-seven yards. He had zero touchdowns as well, but Blake Corm really kind of held in check as well. Uh, Sixteen attempts for fifty-two yards, but two touchdowns on the day. So goal line situations, they gave the ball uh, to their uh, running back. I mean, they had six, seven guys, including McCarthy, run the ball this week. So. Uh, they're letting letting everyone uh, get some touches and kind of just seeing what works. Maybe going kind of mundane for the playoff. I I mean you don't have to throw much out there uh, to 
beat this Iowa team. So maybe they're going a little vanilla, not showing everything for whoever they're going to face in the playoff. For Iowa, uh, Deacon Hill, 18 of 32, 120 yards. So uh, definitely not that efficient. This team, 24 rushing attempts for 29 yards. It's not very good. <laughs> it's not very good at all. I mean, their long rush was six yards. That was their long on the day. Iowa punter, of course, MVP of that game for them. Uh, really impressed with Michigan. I mean, that's their third straight Big Ten championship. I mean, I don't see it stopping. Uh, they'll have a little tougher schedule next year, uh, especially with Pac-12 teams coming in. and uh, You'll have to go to Ohio State next year, but uh, this this train's not stopping unless Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, which I, I think is a high possibility. Uh, we'll see, but uh, uh, it, it, Michigan, I'm just very impressed. I think I've got them as the favorite to win the national championship. I could I be would I be shocked if Jim Harbaugh blew it and Michigan blew it because that's kind of what they do. I think they're 0 2 now in the college ball playoff. I wouldn't be shocked, but uh, I think Michigan is easily the favorite right now, and don't see a team stopping them. I mean. It'll be close versus Alabama. It will be Alabama's got all that experience in there. But, I mean, now Michigan's been there two straight years in the playoff. J.J. McCarthy knows what he's doing. He he knows how to ball, get it done. So, yeah, that, this should be a really good matchup. I think that's the number one bowl game of the year. Uh, that's that's going to be the number one bowl game that we're most excited to watch, Michigan and uh, Alabama. Uh, Texas just beat down Oklahoma State, just took them to the woodshed, uh, Got it. Got the revenge for Bevo's cousin, as Quinn Ewers posted on Instagram. That was a pretty good caption. Uh, he posted his winning <laughs> versus his Big 12 championship, beating Oklahoma State, and said, for Bevo's cousin. That's a pretty good caption. It uh, was pretty good. So, I mean, they played like they were getting revenge. Uh, Texas wins 49-21. to I had this as the most lopsided game. I mean, a 28-point victory for... Texas, I, I had Texas minus 14.5. I think that was super easy uh, to do. Quinn Ewers, 35 of 46. I'm, I'm surprised they let him throw the ball that much. They, re they really didn't need to. Uh, 452 yards, four touchdowns on the day. Uh, Alan Bowman, 22 of 38 for 250 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. So, I mean, uh, he's got his 250 and his couple touchdowns, but overall, uh, just held in check. Ollie Gordon rushed like a bum. Uh, who is this guy? Heisman candidate? Yeah, right. 13 attempts for 34 yards and then crying on the sidelines. So uh, pretty embarrassing for a guy who was considered a Heisman front runner or in the Heisman contention just a couple weeks ago to get uh, 34 yards total in this game. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Receiving, uh, Adon Adonai Mitchell led the way for Texas. Xavier Worthy kind of got injured, so we'll see how that plays out. See if he's ready to go for the for the college football championship. But uh, I mean, overall as well, uh, this team, Oklahoma State, eighteen attempts, thirty-one yards rushing, receiving. I mean, Brandon Presley was their leading receiver with uh, nine receptions, ninety-three yards. Texas, on the other hand, I mean, forty rushes for two hundred yards. So uh, they ran the ball a lot. They they didn't need to pass the ball. I mean, they're up big the whole time and just dominated this Oklahoma State defense. Uh, I mean, other they even took out Quinn Ewers, so uh, 
pretty pretty dominant by Texas, and that's that's what earned them a spot in the college football playoff. Uh, that's a big reason they got in. I mean, committee finally watched the game, and they said, all right, Texas is one of the top teams, which Texas probably is the top team. Uh, they definitely probably deserve to be in the college football playoff. All right, and then my upset pick of the week, SMU beating Tulane and with their backup quarterback as well. Starting quarterback did not play in this game. They beat uh, Michael Pratt and Tulane at home, who was 11-1 on the year and 6-1 and at home. As SMU was three point dogs, they won twenty six to twenty four. I mean six and zero, baby. I'm six and zero with my spread picks and took my underdog hit, baby. My underdog log of the week hit uh, SMU. Uh, Kevin Jennings, nineteen to thirty three, two hundred three yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. So uh, not great with that. Michael Pratt and his return, twenty one to thirty six, two hundred thirty eight yards, one TD, one interception. Both teams uh, kind of even. On the uh, box score uh, with the rushing and everything. So, I mean, well, SMU, 45 attempts for 183 yards. So, uh, pretty good there. Uh, Leading receiver really only had one guy over 50 yards. Uh, Maryland with five receptions with 56 yards total. So, he spread the ball out a lot. Uh, Well, a lot. Tulane on the box score rushing 26 attempts for 31 yards. You can't do that. I mean, that was the other game we just talked about. Uh, you can't have that many rushes for that few yards. You're not going to win games. You're not going to wear out that defense. So uh, it, not a great game plan or game for Tulane, especially at home as a favorite. SNU won the AAC title for the first time since 1984. That's right, 1984. And they're going to the ACC next year. All right, let's look at some of these bowl games real quick uh, before I break down transfer portal and everything. Uh, in the college football playoff, January 1st, uh, the first game, Rose Bowl, we get number one Michigan versus number four Alabama on ESPN. And then in the Sugar Bowl, New Orleans, number two Washington versus number three Texas. So far way to go for both of these teams, really, or all four of these well, Texas has it in their own backyard, but uh, otherwise, no one really got the home advantage here besides the away team, Texas. Neither home team really got an advantage, uh, honestly. But Rose Bowl should be awesome seeing Michigan versus Alabama. In the New Year's Six Bowl game, we get Oregon versus Liberty. No one wants to watch that. Who signed up for that? December 30th, the Orange Bowl uh, in Miami number five Florida State versus number six Georgia so if Florida State goes out and beats this Georgia team I'm crowning Florida State national champions I'll do it I'll crown them national champions December 30th number 10 Penn State versus number 11 Ole Miss I'll take Ole Miss by 14 right now I'll take Ole Miss two touchdowns right now December 29th the Cotton Bowl Ohio State versus Missouri I'll take Ohio State plus or I'll take Ohio State minus 21 right now over this Missouri team I'll do it so the that's kind of two of my picks right there. Uh, some of these other games, the Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Tennessee. Uh, should be an okay okay game. I mean, I'll break all these bowl games down once we get closer to them. Uh, January 1st, Wisconsin versus LSU. LSU by a mile. Uh, some of these other games, Tony the Tiger Bowl, December 29th. Notre Dame versus Oregon State. That should be a pretty good game. Gator Bowl, December 29th. Uh, Clemson versus Kentucky. That should be good. And then December 28th, the Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma versus Arizona. Should be a good game. Uh, Jackson Arnold era officially for Oklahoma. 
Uh, you got Louisville versus USC in the Holiday Bowl. No Caleb Williams. Um, you got the Little Brother Bowl with Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M at the uh, Texas Houston, the Houston Bowl, whatever the Texas Bowl, Texas Bowl. <laughs> Assume that's in Texas, right? Uh, James Madison versus Air Force and the Armed Forces Bowl should be fun. Um, Boise State versus UCLA uh, in LA on December sixteenth. Um, yeah, so a couple of good bowl games. Uh, I think la- last year's slate was pretty good. Uh, last year's slate was uh, really good, honestly. So uh, okay games this year. College football playoff should be fun to watch, uh, and then. Uh, should be good. So excited for bowl season. Going to be breaking those games down uh, when it gets closer. All right, let's move on this day in history. 1848, gold discovered in California triggers the rush of 1849. So how long ago? 1848, gold rush, gold discovered. 1619, 38 colonists from Berkeley Parish, England, disembark in Virginia uh, for the first Thanksgiving. So, first Thanksgiving, 1619. 1933, Prohibition ends in the United States. I was celebrating that day for sure. Great day to be alive there. Uh, Happy birthday, Crazy Horse, Jay-Z, George Armstrong Custer, and Walt Disney. Happy birthday. Uh, On this day, sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Check them out uh, on the web, hefneryeyecare.com, and you can... Uh, try on a pair of sunglasses, glasses from the comfort of your couch. Just go on to their virtual try on at hefneracare.com. All right. The Heisman, the Heisman candidates were just announced uh, last night. Uh, they are Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, I, I like those four. I, I do like those four. If they could have invited a five, a fifth, it'd probably be. Um, Jordan Travis, but I, I do like those four as the top guys in the country. Before the season, I picked Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman, so it looks like I could be correct on that. And I, I had Bo Nix in my top top three, definitely top five. I think top three. I think I had him third. So yeah, I could do pretty good with this uh, Heisman predictions, but I'm good to see a wide receiver uh, with some love in there. I wish they would have. I mean, those are the three best quarterbacks. Those are the three best players, but. Uh, I do like to see when other players are involved and invited, like a D lineman, linebacker, uh, wide receiver, running back, kind of that thing. But uh, those four guys definitely deserving. I, I think Jane Daniels win it. I would probably give it to Michael Penix. Uh, I would give it to Michael Penix Jr. Just thirteen and zero. He's second in the nation in passing yards. He got the Pac-12 championship. He's lead, leading his team to the college football playoff. So uh, I'd give it to him, but. I uh, think him or Jane Daniels. I think Jane Daniels is probably going to win it, which uh, definitely no hate about that. All right, let's go into the transfer portal. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, there could be a ton more names that I don't even know about that are entering or who wouldn't even thought were going to be entering into the transfer portal. Uh, on day one, or since, since this weekend, uh, Monday night, more than 900 players have entered the Division One transfer portal. 900 in the last three days. So, pretty crazy. Transfer portal is remarkable. I mean, uh, I, 
I I get it. I I, I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. I mean, uh, head coaches can leave whenever they want. Why can't players? I think the players should get one chance, one time to leave, and uh, no more than that. But it, it's a crazy world. Sucks when it's your team that does it. Uh, the big names that left the transfer portal, uh, starting right here at home, this this wasn't a shock to anyone who knows college football and knows that uh, Dylan Gabriel was going to leave and go find another place that he could continue his excellent college career. Uh, we knew this before the season started. It, he was he is handing the reins off to Jackson Arnold to play football at the University of Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel uh, entered the transfer portal. I mean, this guy was a rock for Oklahoma, great quarterback. He's going to have lots of options, and I'm super proud and excited for his next journey. I mean, he deserves it. He He's a phenomenal quarterback, and I do think the top destinations that it will be will be Mississippi State or Oregon. I think Oregon would be a better fit uh, as a better overall team around him. Dan Lanning, I think, is a pretty good coach so far, and he's going to have Nike money to support him. A Mississippi State rebuilding year, you got a new coach. Yeah, he's been with Levy literally his entire career, but I don't think Mississippi State has the playmakers or the ability to be as good as Oregon, Oregon could uh, this next year. I think Oregon has a chance at making the playoff with him for the next season, but I don't see that happening at Mississippi State. Uh, Will Howard entering a USC Lincoln Riley uh, interested in him. It uh, looks like he went out to go check on Will Howard's availability and see if he could get him to USC. It's a little surprising that uh, Will Howard left K-State. Uh, DJ Ugalele. I, I, I thought that was a little surprising as well. I think DJ's a really good quarterback. I mean, he led the Beavers to a, I believe, 9-3 year this year, and uh, he looked pretty good. He looked good, uh, revamped his career at Oregon State, but also at Oregon State, their backup quarterback, Aiden Chili's, uh Chills entered the transfer portal. So they have no quarterbacks at Oregon State. So there's a little something else going on that both your quarterbacks are leaving. And then uh, just the mass exodus at Ohio State. Um, a lot of players leaving. But, like say that, but really two of them were getting minutes with Kyle McCord and uh, Fleming, who were the two five-stars. Two five-stars. Those were the two five-stars that left Ohio State. But they also had six four-stars, and they were all defense players. Six four-star defense players leave, and two three-star linemen uh, get out of there before they had playing time. So really, only Fleming and McCord had the playing time. McCord's a junior. I, I thought uh, – so he's still got, I think, two more years. You'll have that uh, – maybe that COVID year and uh, just that other year. So uh, see what he does. Uh, Notre Dame having 10 players enter the portal, and NC State having 15. Who would have thought NC State would be the leading team with people hitting the transfer portal? But no, 15 for them, 10 for Notre Dame. See what happens there. And then Ohio State, like I said, a mass exodus as well. Also Oklahoma having a lot of players, but uh, really you see all these players leave. They have no playing time, really. Uh, A bunch of young guys who think they go get playing time somewhere else instead of waiting it out. Oklahoma, though, losing three running backs. Uh, none that really got much playing time. One did as uh, Tawi Walker had a really good career as a backup uh, for Oklahoma, but decided he could go be a starter somewhere else. And 
Uh, really the surprising one was Key Lawrence, uh, safety from Oklahoma, who had really, the, besides Dylan Gabriel, had the most playing time of a guy who entered the portal for them. And then some other players, Cam Ward, who is going to be a hot commodity uh, out of Washington State, entered the transfer portal. He could get some money uh, somewhere, and uh, he's probably he's probably the number one quarterback that people want. I think Dylan Gabriel is the best overall, but Cam Ward will get some recognition. And then Will Rogers from Mississippi State uh, leaving. He's favored to go to Washington right now, which I uh, don't know how good of a fit that would be. I mean, Kind of, kind of the same quarterback as Michael Penix, not really a runner, kind of a stand-in-the-pocket guy, but can deliver. I mean, he's one of the leading passers in SEC history. He's been there so long, so uh, we'll see where he goes. And then, I mean, obviously Colorado just losing players left and right uh, with Deion Sanders. Just uh, people not believing that Deion Sanders will be there for more than at least another year or two after his sons to go to the NFL, see what happens with Deion. Maybe Deion could go. Baker School or the NFL, so uh, see what happens with that. And then Brock Vandergriff, who really hasn't played at all during his collegiate career, as a he's a junior now, going to be a senior. So uh, see where he goes. So that that's just kind of some of the big names in the transfer portal. I'm sure by the time this comes out, there's a lot bigger names and uh, surprising names and people we didn't think would be out there in the portal, but uh, it hasn't disappointed yet. Uh, transfer portal is here. It's pretty crazy. So, gonna see some names flip and uh, Texas A&M losing a lot of people as well. I mean, Walter Nolan, the number one overall player in the 2022 class, defense lineman. Uh, gonna be crazy, guys. Texas A&M, uh, all those bag guy, bag money guys. Uh, they're gonna be losing, losing guys. So, uh, it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, get your popcorn ready. Transfer portal is open. All right, some other quick news before we head out. Uh, Tiger Woods made his return to the Hero World Challenge tournament in the Bahamas. Uh, really fun seeing him play. I mean, really looked really good on the front nine every day and then kind of back nine. He kind of just eh, went downhill a little bit, but it looked like he was having fun, uh, not too stressed, and it was good to see him finally back on the course. I mean, it's been almost a year since he last played a round of golf. Uh, winner of the Hero World Challenge, Scotty Scheffler at 20-under. Uh, Sepp Straka, 17-under. Justin Thomas really played really good uh, after that first day. I mean, if he didn't do so bad the first day, he probably could have won this thing, finished uh, third, and then to round out of the top five, Tony Finau and Matt Fitzpatrick. So uh, good to see these kind of top 20 guys uh, play in the Bahamas and get ready for the season. I mean, we got we got tournaments coming up in golf, so super excited. It, golf is back. Feels like it's been gone for an eternity. But uh, uh, good to see all that Tiger Woods hitting the course. All right, let's move into the final segment, who I'm sharing my burger and brought with. going to be sharing my burger and brought with uh, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, came into Oklahoma at kind of a bad time, one of the worst, uh, really really a bad time for Oklahoma. thought go downhill and uh, would be a bad season and didn't know to turn to, didn't know how the season was going to play out once Lincoln Riley left in the middle of the night. But Dylan Gabriel came came in. Uh, good first year for him statistically, uh, not much help. But uh, over this last season, 2023, 3,600 yards, 42 total touchdowns and a magnificent final drive versus Texas to beat them in the Red River rivalry 
and then 7,000 yards, 73 touchdowns for his career at Oklahoma. So a great two-year career at OU. Uh, not sooner born, but sooner bred, and sooner nation uh, owes him a ton. I mean, unanimous, unanimous first-team All-Big 12 quarterback this year. School record, eight touchdowns in a game, and number eight passing yards all-time. And with another year, he's going to definitely move up that list. And uh, much obliged, I mean, much much respected, well-deserved for Dylan Gabriel. Classy guy, phenomenal person, and a great quarterback. So go be great, number eight. Uh, share my burger and brat with Dylan Gabriel. All right, everyone, thank you all for listening. Going on my, my little soapbox about the college football playoff committee. I just think what they did was disgusting and the whole season just lazy, lazy, laziness from this committee. Let me know how you feel about the committee and their, their final rankings and just kind of your overall viewpoint of them. And then how excited are you for the college football playoff? It should be a really fun college football playoff and a pretty decent bowl slate. So uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service at Burgers and Brats. And stay up to date with Blazers on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers and Brats. And check out the podcast website. Just in time for Christmas, go get your merchandise at www.burgersbratspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Stay safe.